Hello and welcome to the first edition of Recruiting in Hospitality from Catra.com. I'm Lancelot Narayan and in each programme we'll be inviting top names from the hospitality industry to discuss issues concerning employers. We'll be talking recruitment, development and retention and also about matters that affect you and your teams. In this edition we're going to be discussing mental health issues in the hospitality workplace and with me to do so are... Dawn Turner, Area Director of HR for Hyatt Hotels. Sandia Scott, Assistant HR Manager at the Royal Lancaster Hotel. Simon Lewis from HIT Training Operations Manager. And Laura Klein from Hospitality Action, I'm their Services Director. Thank you all. Um, Laura, can I begin with you? How has the perception, in your mind, how has the perception of mental health issues changed over the last 20 or 30 years. Society-wide, there's been massive changes, especially in the last sort of five years in how people view mental health and their ability to talk about their own mental health and feel comfortable talking to other people about their mental health. There's also been some great strides forward in the industry. Um, we've got um, top chefs like Tom Kerridge talking about his addiction and substance problems on Desert Island Bis, which is you know, a sort of mainstream programme. And so the ability to do that and to you to continue in your role, because people had a great fear that it would be sort of career suicide and you'd never work again if you admitted that you had an addiction problem or a mental health problem. And then you've got people like Sat Baines who have um, reduced working hours at his, um, which is obviously not possible for all operators, but he's done it to enable his team to have a better work-life balance and to enable them to sort of benefit from um, improved mental health. Um, so I think, um, you know, society-wide also, it's been you know, sort of massive um, shifts, particularly with the princes um, getting involved, um, and you've got lots more people willing to talk about their situation. You've got top bankers and people, you know, professional footballers and actors, and just all of society is more open to the idea. Sandy, in your role, have you since you've started? I mean, have you witnessed any changes in the way uh, issues are dealt with? Um, I would not say, unfortunately, I haven't been in hospitality as long as, as my fellow colleagues but, but even, here. But even that short time? But even that short time, I do think so. Um, you know, in a lot of places that I've, I've worked previously, you know, the way that we dealt with mental health, um, you know, I've worked in different countries also, it's viewed very differently. Uh, whereas in the UK, I think it, we've gone miles and miles from where we were previously in terms of, you know, really being open and honest and talking about these things. And I think us as employers, you know, we had to work really hard with our teams to make sure that they understand and how to breach these potentially difficult conversations with the employees and make sure that everybody uh, is, is heard and, and feels cared for. So this is what uh, I think we're really working towards as an industry and in general as employers. Simon, have you found that there are uh, specific issues that are unique to the hospitality industry, issues that sort of um, recur? I think one, one of the, the biggest things that you see is in the, the industry as a whole, it is quite a stressful industry. Um, and a lot of people don't like to talk about the word stress, but that is something that, and I, that I would say, and I'm, that across the, what I find with the, the different individuals across the industry, is the, that that is one of the key elements that I think that really affects individuals. So as an employer, we all need to make sure that we open up those doors and we say it is okay, it is fine, um, and ultimately, you know, and a lot of the um, so for. You know, our grassroots workers who might be sort of really nervous in terms of to open up those conversations. And as, as, as you've just said, it's really, really important that anybody who's feeling anxious, that anybody who's feeling distressed, that we provide that safe environment and then and actually providing and that we can open up a, a conversation to discuss solutions. Dawn, I mean, do you... From, from my perspective, I agree with everything um, you've said there. I also think it's about creating awareness 
for our managers and our leaders, you know, how do they tackle this? How do they spot it? How do we provide them support? Because as you've said, they're not doctors, right? We're not doctors, but it's it's saying, okay, if you have if you have a challenge, who can I go to to talk about it? And a lot of companies have HR departments. We're really lucky we have dedicated resources. Not every business has that. So if smaller companies have some kind of process, maybe sounds a little bit um, orchestrated, but some kind of approach that they they have to deal with mental health issues. And I mean, we use hospitality action all of the time to refer people, um, whether it's counselling, just support somebody to talk to because people need more than your, your average listening ear. And again, we're not qualified to do it. I mean, we might have years of experience that we've built up over dealing with, period of time over dealing with different people, but still we're, we're not experts. And um, it's balancing the need of that individual. They, they, nine times out of 10, need more than we can give or permit, I, I think. Laura, Laura I, mean, I mean, in your role with Hospitality Action, are there things that you see that, are more prevalent yeah, in the hospitality yeah, industry. I yeah. suppose from an industry point of view, um, there are a lot of um, stresses, um, so a lot of pressures within the industry, and they can build up. And so stress is when your pressure levels get to the point where you can no longer cope. Um, and lots of people, you know, a degree of pressure is good um, and too much is bad. And it's looking at all the aspects to it. So we run an employee assistance program where we can um, support people, whether it's a work pressure or a home pressure or financial pressure, because these all sort of ratchet up. And so, you know, from a work point of view, you're seeing what the pressures are at work, but you're not necessarily seeing unless people have opened up what they've got at home and what they've got financially and what else is going on. These are all pressures that are sort of quite um, specific to the hospitality industry. Um, and we also then have the proximity to alcohol and substances. And that's also an issue within the industry and one that the industry has worked very hard to tackle, but it is still there. And looking at ways in which you can sort of relax and calm down after a shift that doesn't necessarily rely solely on alcohol and, and other options is still where work could be done. What, what I was just going to say for that is, and it's, it doesn't have to be something that's massive. So if you look at like for the hospitality festival, um, where there's a group of different, you know, lots and lots of different hotels. They put together a small football team. It's a chance for people to work together. Great sort of as a team building exercise. Those guys, you know, and then once a week as you head towards the summer, where, when I went, so for this year, the amount of those teams that were just so passionate and so happy and so excited about the fact of that it gave them, it was that almost it's that league and the bit of the competition, but that whole thing of, you know, when they were practicing every single week, it crossover for departments, you've got housekeeping working with the kitchen and the kitchen working with the reception, which is so great in terms of definitely in hotels because trying to get everyone that cross departmental is also always a challenge anyway. Um, but that, that also, you know, small things like that that can create a big sort of difference. And I've seen like different organizations that do sort of like good sort of like family fun days um, or just opening up, so I only looked, so only um, like yesterday, so I looked at like Green King, um, they held like a week of well-being and it was their, at their offices and depots. Um, and team members were given the opportunity to attend webinars, workshops, drop-in sessions. And again, what, what a brilliant idea. And again, it's, it's doing lots and lots of small things that again, that make up that big jigsaw puzzle. The sense of belonging that we create in 
the hospitality hotel environment is really important. And, and the, the, the hospitality festival that um, it was football and softball. Yeah. Um, and we started a softball team last year and there were, there were a few of our people that were really passionate about it. And they really drove it. Um, and they practiced every week. And the people that went weren't necessarily the people that would go to every single event. I, and I saw them really bloom and really participate. And then they won the trophy at the Hospitality Festival. I mean, it's it's massive, it's amazing. They belong to something. I mean, for us, we see our, our organisation, our company as a family. But for them to achieve that, I mean, it's, it's brilliant. And that has massive positive impact on their mental health. How can employers, HR people, identify a potential mental health issue or well-being issue uh, with an employee, with a team member? I, I think I, I mentioned earlier about having it on the agenda, which sounds, again, quite prescriptive, but I mean that everybody can talk about it and make it okay to talk about. And we have, you know, we have a, a, a Facebook page in each of our properties where people join and, and, and that gives them a sense of belonging. You know, there's chat going on. I know they use WhatsApp groups and that means that somebody's always available. And, you know, if it's three o'clock in the morning and somebody's lonely, well, what, what do you do? Um, it, obviously, there, there are organisations, but I think it's about educating our managers because they can't see HR all of the time and we're not here 24-7 you know um, to, to spot the signs and just to get the, the, the dialogue going creating team events you know there are there are some that yeah it's great they'll go for a beer after work others that they're not doing that they want to go to the or to the cinema or they want to go and bowling or you know um, softball or whichever activity so creating a variety of activities to suit a really mixed employee population. You know, our, our people range from people that are 70 years old right the way through to new entrants that are, you know, 18. And so it, it's trying to meet the needs of all of those people. But I think it's education of, of our leaders, really. Sandy, I mean, if you, if you identified a problem, how would you approach it with, with a team member or an employee? How would you do that? Just to backtrack a little bit on the on the conversation we were having previously with Dawn, um, essentially we have at the Royal Lancaster a couple of team members within the hotel across various different departments that are actually trained up to be mental first aiders. Um, so they essentially are, are people around the organization, um, you know, in key departments such as uh, our housekeeping department and sales and marketing where the pressure can be really high and people might feel, um, you know, a tendency to be more, more stressed at times. And they are essentially the team members that that we, we use and we have uh, as a resource to essentially identify colleagues that they see around the organization within their teams or in other teams also to essentially speak to them and to try and, and assist them. Um, as Dawn mentioned earlier, you know, we're not experts uh, in, in sort of the, the issues uh, around mental health and, and how to cure them or if there is that. Um, so we essentially are, are you know, here to listen, to try and assist as much as we can if there's anything in the organization that we can possibly change and, and um, help them with, we would. Uh, but quite often we reach out to hospitality action. Um, so if an employee comes to me and if they are comfortable enough explaining what it is that they, they need assistance on, uh, quite often if it's something that I cannot directly assist or we cannot help within the hotel, we would then uh, ask them if it's okay to proactively refer them to hospitality action or if they're willing to contact hospitality action by themselves. 
Um, and then we would either practically do that or, or they would uh, go ahead and do that. But hospitality action is our, our biggest friend, uh, you know, in terms of assisting employees uh, when it comes to these issues. What assistance is there available? Well, for Hospitality Action, we run an employee assistance programme and we run it in parallel with a helpline. So for the employee assistance programme, um, employers within the industry will pay a fixed sum to have all of their staff be able to access the scheme as much as they like throughout the year. Um, and they can access a 24-7 um, helpline in multiple languages if English is not their first language or they're more comfortable and different. Um, we have a, a wellbeing hub with hundreds of fact sheets. Um, we also have um, counselling support. So we do short-term, brief-focused counselling. Um, we also have a specialist parenting line because we find that obviously having a child um, from the very beginning all the way through to teenage years can be highly stressful. We have um, basic legal support for people as well. So again, if they're worried about something um, and it's sort of playing on their mind, then they can get some legal advice through that route. Uh, we also do um, training. So we can help people with um, mental health training. We can help um, with spotting um, sort of signals and things. And we can also help with uh, our version of mental health first aid. Um, we do sort of a version of it that's actually called peer support that puts um, a longer term program in place. So um, we do all of these things through it. We also do on-site support if something happens on site. So if there's an armed robbery or a death or something that affects a lot of your team, we can bring clinicians in and support them um, through that process. And again, because sometimes some instances are better dealt with as a group. Um, so if you've been through it as a group, then you know support as a group is a good way to start. And then our clinicians will be watching for anyone who is looking like they're reacting in a, a different way from what we'd be expecting to go through. And then we can offer them extra support through that as well. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very comprehensive uh, yeah. setup, isn't it? it? And yeah. we've tried to adapt it over time because we've been running about five years now. As, as the industry changes and as um, different sort of aspects in society change, we bring other things in. And most of it is tailored around it being the hospitality industry we're supporting. How can employers maintain, like, like hospitality action, they, they want to, you know, Keep current. So how do employees maintain an ongoing well-being picture? Sam, do you have a, do you have a, what would you say? I would say just to set up a clear mental health strategy. So this has already been mentioned. Add it into, it sounds a bit formal, but add it into your policies um, to ensure that the employees are ex that are experiencing mental health problems get the support that they need straight away. Um, and if you're, a, you're linked up with Hospitality Action, then, then that's, that's great. If, if it's a case of for the, each individual organisation wanting to understand a bit more, so, and again, just doing the research and the background behind that, so for things like for Mind, uh, Help the Heroes, uh, Time to Change, um, but it being an ongoing process, not just something that's switched on just for, for one day, um, and and then and having that continuous sort sort of program, I think Jack, um, I think that, that you'd mentioned it previously that with um, for the managers in particular, I think making sure that all the managers have that basic sort of understanding, they don't have to be experts, but to then to have sort of a basic understanding to spot some of the signs for the for sort of how they can, can deal with or how the correct referral systems that can then be put into place. I think that that is, is, is really, really important. And wherever that comes from, then, then that, that I think is something that should be added in sort of overall to, to that policy. So similar to Hospitality Action, so with HIT Training, we run a level two understanding mental health program. Um, we've joined up with business partners for Connect to Care. So for people who've actually worked in the industry through mental health. Um, to deliver a four-month program, um, which is 
looking at the variety of the, um, the different elements of, of mental health um, and making sure that each person that attends has, goes away with a really good basic understanding. And it's that continuous follow-up afterwards of looking at, okay, what, how are you now going to implement your learning within your business? How are you now going to make sure that this is followed through? How are you now, so, then, so beyond that, we then do so round tables and focus groups of how are you now applying this into the business? Who have you joined up with? So, it's, so, you, so it is that continuation of keep going and keep going. I'm using my hands and it's a podcast, yeah, so, but anyway. A, that's the real <laughs> we're, trick. We'll go from A to B, we're on a journey. <laughs> and that, that is the real trick. How do you keep it a continu continuous process? Uh, because it's so easy just to do, right, here is this block, like you've said, uh, Laura, uh, there's this one block and, that, and that's done with and people think that's enough. So, Sandia, first, how, how, how do you maintain that? ongoing picture? Um, so actually, one of one of our goals as a, as a hotel is actually to be the happiest hotel in London. Um, and so there's a lot of different things that contribute to that. I love that. Um, <laughs> so essentially, obviously, you know, thinking about people's happiness, you know, uh, their, their mental well-being is featuring really highly on, on our agenda. So we've actually set up a, a management-led task force to sort of address what we can do as an organization to really push this forward. Uh, I mean, we've done great things. Uh, Recently, we've had a whole happiness week, uh, which is all to do with sort of the fun activities. And, you know, um, it was mentioned a little bit about loneliness in London is trying to build up that sense of family and, and, you know, being part of something greater. And this is what it was all sort of geared towards. I mean, there were basic uh, things like, you know, bingo. Uh, we had bungee football, for example, set up in the hotel. I mean, we had loads of different things like going out to the oh, park. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Bungee football. Bungee football. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have to explain this. And so uh, it's really difficult to explain, but essentially it's sort of like um, you're attached to a bungee rope uh, and you're at the different positions as you would have in a normal football match. Uh, and so if you're trying to, to run uh, to get the ball, you're running against the resistance of the rope. Ah. So it would quite often pull you back. Um, it's extremely fun to play, I have to say. Recommend it highly to everybody. It sounds exhausting. Yes, yeah. Not a big fan of football, but a fan of bungee football, definitely. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd rather watch. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and point. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. It really is. So, it, so it, it is an, an ongoing thing that an, you, um, a process that you you have to keep. Yes, uh, your eye on. It's something that we keep alive all the time. You know, we are coming up with our sort of agenda for this coming uh, year. You know, in terms of different happiness days, so smaller versions of that happiness week. Uh, we're then also doing what we we have different values in our in our company, and every month we do activities relating to that value. Uh, and so the one that we have coming up in February is to be engaged in hearts and minds. Um, so to be engaged, uh, you know, we, we sort of looked at different activities that we could do, uh, but we're also pairing that with climbing up to the to the 18th floor. You know, part of the well-being. You go as a team. You all after lunch uh, have a bit of a, a fun session going up. So that's engaging with your your hearts and minds uh, just making sure that in terms of mental health you know we're really putting that forward and and sort of providing people with opportunities to really de-stress and to feel 
like they are, are part of a family, which is what we are. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot of different things that, that we do. We have recently sort of, um, or in the last couple of years rather, uh, been working on a mediation culture. Um, so in, in terms of if there are any sort of conflicts that arise in the workplace, you know, which, which does happen, uh, we have a mediation culture, so we don't do the automatic thing of going, well, this is clearly a disciplinary or investigation. We try and do mediation where it's more of an open conversation with uh, team members. Um, we've got people that are trained mediators to also do this and facilitate this, so it's not only done by the HR team. Um, quite often there's sort of a, a negative connotation to being brought to HR. So we try and diffuse that with having other team members involved, um, whether they are at management level, but also our, our other colleagues to also assist with that. Can I just, can I just add to that? And again, because I think a lot of the ideas that are going, so somebody might be listening to this that might have a small independent restaurant and they might be thinking, well, that sounds great, but we can't afford to do bungee football. That's a very valid so, point. So, I, so I, I think that the, the important thing for anybody who's listening to this that also that kind of sort of falls into that category, go, that all sounds great, but it's really expensive and our margins are quite tight, to think about, well, how expensive it is to, number one, to, re to replace staff members and to re-recruit. And it doesn't have to be expensive. So the smaller things, please feel free to share into some of the smaller ideas, but things like a well-being Wednesday uh, like for bringing in fresh fruit, encouraging people to stop on the tube one stop before and then just to walk that final, final station rather than carrying right the way through to Piccadilly Circles or wherever it happens to be. Of, but again, it's, it's coming up with a variety of the different ideas, and it doesn't always have to be, because the stuff that you're talking about is absolutely fantastic, and it's great, and we, you know, me mentioned about like, with the football, and that's, that's wonderful, but there are some teams, they might literally, if they had a football team, they wouldn't have a team left to run service. Yeah. So, so I think the really important, so anybody that's listening to, listening to this, that, that to really sort of just think about the different ideas of stuff that, that doesn't have to cost a fortune, but that still has that same emphasis and that same push for the individual teams. So please don't just wipe it out just because you don't have a huge budget. Hi, it's a big organisation, Dawn. I mean, it must be an ongoing process for you uh, as well. How do you keep your eye on the whole picture? From our perspective, we see wellness as the, the journey or the, the road and well-being as the destination that we want to achieve. And that can be anything and everything because it's different things to different people. So it can be, you know, how you feel your body, not just the, the mental health and emotional well-being. So a, a variety of different things. And something that we did last year, I was speaking to Simon about it earlier. We did um, globally a global day of gratitude, which sounds really simple. And actually, it, it, it was when it came to it. But, it, but, it, was it, but so... so we actually produced um, postcards that people could send to somebody just to say thank you, to say, I'm grateful for the support you give me or for just being in my life, wh whatever angle. And it was available for every single person in the hotel. Um, we also gave them to guests when they checked in and we funded the cost of the postage. And actually it kind of created a snowball effect because People sent the postcards, but they also sent emails and they sent text messages and WhatsApp messages. It was on the 12th of December and they sent it not just to their colleagues, but to their family and friends. And, you know, some people were sending several and really, really simple. But it just started by saying, yeah, what, what am I grateful for? And, and that's about your obviously your mental well, well-being, really. Um, and it. 
when, when we heard it, we were kind of like, oh, what, what's this about? But listening again to Simon said something about having the resources, and that's something you can do in any organisation. You could say, right, you know, for the month of February, we're going to start each day by saying, what are we grateful for today? And I, I know the HR department in Birmingham did this a long time ago. Um, I was visiting them and their walls were covered in post-it notes. And I'm like, what, you know, what's this all about? And they just said, if they were grateful for something, they'd write it down and stick it on the wall. And, and these things, they, they're self-perpetuating, aren't they? Because it, it spreads. It's and, a really uh, good attitude to have yes. from the start. My, my husband worked for Rethink, which is a mental health charity. So my poor Jordan... Um, get to rephrase their um, concepts of mental health a lot. And they, um, he asked them every day what they're grateful for. What, what did they do for someone that made someone happy? What did someone do yeah. for them that made them happy? Make them look at their day a different way yeah. because we are very quick to look at the things that didn't go well in our day. And that could have been 10% of your day, but that is the bit you see and that's the bit you focus on. Whereas 90% of your day was great or yeah. okay or average. And so and also, I think trying to re reprogram your brain to say, actually, rather, you know, all the time, what was good about today? What went well? What did I do that made someone else's day go well? It's small steps, I think, isn't it, really, to, to, to start with and, and reprogramming. I mean, human nature, I personally think, we kind of, everyone loves, loves the good. Well, what went wrong? You know, that's kind of, that's more media attention seeking yeah, it's, it's story selling yeah, isn't it yeah it sells newspapers and life is to say like that. yes yeah. and and just to to celebrate the good stuff really and 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 just be be grateful for for what we have i mean and and it's of course it's easier said than done but i do believe it's perpetuating really and my children roll their eyes a lot yeah. and they're always like oh no one else has to do this but i think it does help with their mental health as well it does yeah. make them think actually it wasn't you know completely terrible today yeah. uh, about there were some that, good bits making that switch yeah. just making or helping people to to to, to view uh, the world in a different different way taking that as a as a as a point um there's a lot of good work i get the impression from speaking to you and of course across the industry there is a lot of fantastic work being done in this field but of course things could always be better uh, what changes would you like to see moving forward I mean, I think, as I said before, for me, I think it's for each individual business, no matter how big or small, to start off by almost kind of putting together a clear sort of strategy. About how are we going to be able to deal with this and to support our teams? And then to build the layers beyond that, um, to join up with... Um, whoever it is that they want to work with, I would highly recommend Hospitality Action. And that's not just because you're here. That's, that's who, <laughs> clearly all of us, we all work with you anyway. Um, so, but, but also to, to give, I think, for, for employers to make sure that they look out for, for their staff. Um, and like I said before, anybody that's feeling anxious, anybody who's feeling distressed um, within their role, is to create a safe environment it's giving people the time as well and showing that you're giving them your time. And I think it's, in red, you know, it's very difficult in society, but also in hospitality. It's a really busy industry. Um, and, you know, people in HR or your management team have their own uh, targets to reach and their own things they have to achieve. And if, you, if they've got somebody who needs to, you know, have some of their time, they've got to push something away to do that. But I think if you can take that step back and go, actually, I just need to listen to them. I just need to give them my unadulterated time. I need to turn off, you know, turn off the phone, shut the door, um, give them my full attention, show them my body language, I'm open to listening to them, um, and that I do care. And then people feel 
that they can open up and they can say what it is. And it's really important to try and build that in again to your managers and that they have this ability to have a bit of time that they can give people um, and that it's not all other things they have to, to achieve. Um, I think that, you know, a, a lot of it is about demystifying what is actually, you know, what contributes to a person feeling happy and, and well at work and, and feeling supported and cared for. And I think, you know, organizations need to go back to the, the basics of what actually that is. Um, you know, Dawn mentioned earlier about how, how they run uh, meetings and, and talking about how um, people say they're grateful for, for different things and, and how they do those cars, which is a great idea. Um, you don't have to actually do that on a, on a wide scale. You can also do it with your colleagues, which is what we did, you know, um, where we wrote what we called praise cards and we praise them for something that, you know, we liked about them or that really we, we enjoy being part of their life because of this thing. Um, you know, we in, in the Royal Lancaster, we try and start each meeting that we have, whether it be a, a strategy meeting with the the head of the different departments or whether it be the different uh, colleague meetings that we have, we always start it in the format of how well, how are you today? Um, and, you know, you could assume that employees would always say, oh, I'm good and not want to say how they actually feel. But we found by like asking and constantly asking this, people are slowly starting to open up and say, well, actually, today I feel a little bit stressed because it is a little bit overwhelming. Um, I mean, we work in an inverted hierarchy where Sally Beck, our general manager, views herself as uh, essentially the, the least important person in the organization and the most important people. All the people that you would see when you come in to, the, to check in or the people that are in the kitchens preparing the food that you would then have. Uh, and we really try and, and value our employees. And I think that just asking that simple question, well, how are you in, in a busy meeting just before you start anything is a great way to do that. Uh, and we always end our meetings with, uh, with praises and appreciation. So, for example, if we were to end the meeting right now, you would essentially turn to the person on your right hand side and, and show appreciation for something that they have done either during this meeting or, or during the last week when you've been working with them. So it's constantly that supportive network that you're always valued as a person in the organization. So it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be bungee foot. Well, it can just be simple things. Well, like, how are you today? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting because we've done a lot of work on mindful leadership over the last 12 months. And obviously that can go to, to, to extremes, but some very simple practices we've put in place that again have become contagious, that when we start a meeting, we say, okay, we're going to take a minute to arrive. And that means that because everyone's so stressed, but they, they take a minute, they gather their thoughts, Okay, we're all here, we're all starting. And then, and something, and I say it out loud because, well, I just do, that it's take three breaths and what's important now. And it really helps you to refocus. And because we're all running millions of miles an hour, you've got your phone, it's pinging away and you're thinking, oh, I need to do that in 10 minutes. So it, it just allows everybody to space to say, okay, yeah, now I'm here this is what's important. And, and those small practices, anyone can do, really. So, so last week, uh, I took part in the charity pantomime for Springboard. Um, and the guys, the, the, the producers for it, before every single show and before every single rehearsal, and we get all together, was all about, so like for that team building, but that whole really building up that energy. So for going like from a, a one right up to a 10, so that you're, because you're about to go on stage, and, and it just makes me think that literally but that is what hospitality is, is that every single time when we take, a, so whether you're a concierge, whether you're on reception, whether you're in the kitchen, you're constantly on stage performing. And so it's beforehand. I love that idea of, you know, sort of that, that 10 minutes beforehand of everybody really sort of that getting together for, and again, no matter how big or how small the organisation. 
of really sort of that whole of, right, am I now ready for the stage? Have I now put on my, put on my uniform and I'm ready for the stage? But then also not to hide behind that uniform because otherwise you, you're putting this cloak on and pretending to be someone that you're not, which is fine. But then it's also about then knowing that within the organisation that when, you, when you've got that uniform on, yes, you need to you have your performance, but then after that performance, it is okay to go to somebody and to ask for help. It has been a fantastic discussion. <laughs> it really has. And we're coming to the end of our time, unfortunately. Um, but I think we've covered all covered some really good points. Um, before we end, Laura, can I just uh, ask you, if, if employers do need assistance with any issues concerning mental health and well-being, what should they do? How, should they, how, how can they contact you? If they are part of the EAP, then there's a helpline number. Um, if not, they can call head office and we can speak to them there. Um, do you want the number? Yes, please. <laughs> so, so head office is 0203 004 The helpline is 0808 802 Thank you all for taking part, and I hope you enjoyed listening and found the discussion useful. Please do follow us on Twitter at caterer.com, that's caterer, D-O-T-C-O-M, likewise on Instagram. You can also find us on LinkedIn, and make sure to check out our blog, which is blog.caterer.com. Be sure to join us next time on Recruiting in Hospitality from caterer.com. I'm Lance Lockner-Ryan. Bye-bye.